Welcome to the Washington Church Toledo Podcast. Together, we are learning to encourage one another to walk with God through cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. This podcast consists of recordings from our Sunday morning worship services and other teaching events that you are more than welcome to come join us live. Yeah, it's been a, a privilege to get ready for tonight um, and to knowing wanting to come and share with you all. Um, I would say, you know, tonight I'm going to share part of my story, not all of my story. Um, and that part of the story is going to have a bent or a slant towards the movement of the Holy Spirit in my life and that, how that's shifted and changed throughout time from childhood all the way to, to kind of present day. Um, but what I want to share with you guys tonight is that there's, there is nothing inherently special about me. Um, what I will share with you and the things that uh, I've experienced, some of you will, will say, that's amazing, I've had similar experiences. Other of you will say, um, I've never heard anything like that before. Or you might say, how, how is that happening? I don't understand. And all those are absolutely totally normal responses. Um, but what I want to emphasize is, is most of what I've experienced from God, it's all grace. Um, but it's, it's come due to an openness. It's come due to uh, a willingness to step into new things and in new ways and to um, allow God to move me in ways that have been uncomfortable, to allow God to move me in ways that have pushed me in incredible means. Um, some of these experiences have come from hardship and sorrow. Some have come from uh, an overflowing of joy. Uh, but they all belong and they all fit. And so uh, essentially what I'm going to do is walk you through kind of a chronological order of, of timeline um, from early years. And I'm going to skip, obviously, segments, but I'm leading up to just even last week, an experience I got to be a part of um, that the Spirit just invited me into as long, uh, with a group of other people. And it was just a, a beautiful thing. But I want to read this passage. This is, is from Mark chapter 2. And this is early in the Gospel of Mark, and so I think that what Jesus is doing is he's laying out a foundation here for an outline of an understanding that needs to take place in order to receive what he's about to do. And he's talking to the Pharisees, and in the background of the context of the Scripture is that something is going on that Jesus and his disciples are doing that is different than what the Pharisees understood and knew. And so they're complaining about it, and they're pointing it out. Hey, Jesus, what's up with this? That's the, the Jimmy translation. And, uh, and Jesus responds, and this is what he says. He says, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. And tonight, as, as I share, what I want you to hear is, is a lot of um, my wrestling. It's, it's old wineskins that had to be thrown out in order for God to pour new, something new into me. And what Jesus is essentially saying to the Pharisees is, he's like, hey, guys, what is happening now is new and different. 
And the only way you're going to be able to embrace that is if you have a new and different container that can actually hold what I'm talking about. And if you don't allow for a new container to be created, then everything that I give you or everything that, that is being talked about will actually just ruin you. It'll tear away at the very fabric of what you are trying to, the container you brought to hold it in. And I don't think that Jesus is saying what the Pharisees are doing is not correct or wrong, or the old ways that the Pharisees are holding on to is, is bad. It's not a black and white. It's just that Jesus is bringing this new revelation and this new understanding is pouring, being poured forth. And in that new understanding requires a new way of holding. And so tonight, if nothing else, I want to invite you to make it the prayer of your heart to ask God to give you a new way of holding. And not only to give you a new way of holding, but also to give you something new that you can hold in that new container that you begin to create. Does that make sense? Okay. And so that's the invitation for tonight. That's what I want to share with you. And that's what I hope that you can, you can hold and you can leave with um, tonight as I share. Romans 8.14 says, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. That's been a, a pivotal verse that sat with me probably for the last three years. Asking that question, what does that mean to be led by the Spirit of God? And how am I a ch child of God? Am I being led by the Spirit of God? Am I a child of God? Like wrestling with that. You know, Paul clearly says that. But for me early, I, and I've shared some of this before with you, and especially if you've been here for, for the um, class we just finished um, on the spiritual life and, and specifically around spiritual warfare, I had experiences as a kid growing up, very intense experiences, seeing demonic things. Uh, I grew up in a very vibrant church. I grew up in a healthy church in the sense that it was growing and it was a, a great place to be. They had vibrant worship. It was a church that was like 5,000 people in the 80s, which was very rare, not common. Um, but there's there huge disconnects, and I didn't learn. I can't tell you one thing I, I learned about the Holy Spirit growing up in that space. The gifts weren't talked about. Um, if they were, they were standard gifts that everybody was okay with because they were kind of safe gifts. Um, and so it just wasn't talked about. It wasn't talked about in my home. I didn't grow up in a home where people were more open to the movement of the Spirit. Um, you know, I think my mom always has been and always was, but she didn't necessarily articulate it in, in ways. Um, but I would have personal encounters with God. I remember the story that my mom told me when we first moved into our home where I was, I've always been the way I've been. And I jumped on a big wheel and I took off down the street and, and we now lived in a neighborhood that had hills. And so it was like amazing. So my driveway was steep. I took off down the driveway, did like this power slide around the corner in the middle of the street, power slide around another one, and I, I come up down the hill, and my parents are trying to like walk behind me because we're going for a walk. But I didn't go for walks as kids. I went for you know big wheel rides with power slides. And uh, I almost got run over by this truck. It was like the first week we'd moved into the house. And literally... The truck, it was, a, it was a raised truck, and so the guy couldn't see, and I don't know if he was paying attention, and he was coming up to a stop sign, but I, I, had, I was past the stop sign, and uh, we ended up being wheel-to-wheel -wheel with each other. So my wheel hit his wheel, um, and he got out of the car because he thought he ran me over. My parents finally, like, they ran up and arrived, and my, you know, my mom's freaking out, and, and the guy says, where's the guy that stopped my car? Where's, and, uh, and I, you know, I was six years old at the time, so I had no idea what was going on. And 
And my mom's like, what are you talking about? He's like, some, some man stood in front of my car. That's why I stopped. I, I would have run over your son. I would have killed him. And, uh, and that's, you know, things like that happened on, on a regular basis. I was driving um, to, uh, to pick up, um, I think it was high school or maybe it was college. I was on my way to pick up this date, this super hot chick I was dating at the time. Um, and uh, I was driving to pick her up at her dad's house. And I remember that uh, I looked over to the side and in the area I lived in, we didn't really have stop signs or excuse me, we didn't have stop lights. It was mostly stop signs everywhere. Um, and I looked over and this, this man was standing at this bus stop and he looked at me like eyes that like penetrated beyond anything I'd ever seen before. And I was like, what is that? And I looked away because I was like, this is really strange. And something inside me shifted and changed, but I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to deal with it. And again, I looked over and he, he like literally he was watching me as, and, um, and I was like, I felt compelled to pull over and pick him up. Um, but I didn't do that. It, I, it was like a mixed emotion of like, it wasn't fear. It was just something was different. And I, I was drawn to this guy, but I didn't know what to do about that. I didn't know how to deal with that feeling. I passed, I drove, got up the stop sign and I drove right through the intersection and I looked back and he was gone. He wasn't there anymore. And I remember processing this. I think I was in, I was in college at the time. I was processing this with my professor. I went to a, a Bible college and I was telling them, Dr. Ember about this story and he looks at me and he goes, yeah, he was probably an angel and you, you didn't pick him up. And so what you do is you ask God for forgiveness for that and you ask him for more opportunities to come. And so I was like, oh, it was, it was like one of the first times I'd had an interaction in the spiritual world, but and given a framework reference of what to do with it. So at this college, of course, this college was was fully against the, the gifts, like taught that they weren't around anymore. Um, but something inside me like knew that wasn't right. And I remember one of the experiences I had, I went to college, I felt called to go into ministry. I didn't know exactly what that looked like or what that meant. But I knew at this place I could study the scriptures and I could play basketball. So it was a win-win. Um, so that's what I did. But while I was there, I had the opportunity to speak a couple different times. And I'd never really done that before. Um, spoken in public. Again, I had a passion for the scriptures and I loved digging into it. Uh, and I was, I was given the opportunity to speak at a homeless shelter in San Diego because the, the youth pastor who was, who was in charge of it didn't want to do it. And so he, he got the staff together because I was volunteering at the time. And he's like, hey, does anybody want to do this? And I was like, I'll do it. And I like, had no idea what I was signing up for to the extent of this. And, um, and I was prepping for it and God literally like gave me words to speak and I got there and I'd never had an experience like this before. It was like four to 600 men in this room. And you know, worship ends, the junior high band did the worship. I get up to talk and like, all I remember is it felt like 30 seconds and it just flowed out of me. It just came, like I had no notes, I had the Bible, I read a scripture passage and I just talked to them and like I came alive in a way that I'd never come alive before. And I was like, what is this? How do I, how do I keep doing this? Because there's not a lot of opportunities for people to speak and develop the gift of teaching or preaching. And I remember that experience, that that was definitely the spirit of God providing that, giving me words to speak. And it was a phenomenal experience that I, that I was in. Um, I, I got married. I ended up marrying that smoking hot woman that I was going to pick up. And... Um, and 
that I remember feeling a prompting that this wasn't just a relationship. Like this is that God wanted me to be connected to this woman and that we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. And I remember that that was um, the movement of the spirit in my life. I remember in seminary, I went to a seminary and we didn't talk much about the gifts, but they weren't, it was, it was unlike my undergrad. They weren't close to it. And we broke up into groups at one point my first year, and it was like survival teams. Like, we want to make sure you still have a pulse and you're not failing out and, and you're not spending every night, you know, crying in pillows. Um, and so we got together, and, and at each time we got together, uh, each of us that week had a mentor, a pastor in the area, and then we were to lead that time. And I remember uh, this one week, this, this woman, amazing woman, I can't remember her name, but she uh, was African-American and she came from a charismatic background. And she said, like, I just want to create a space where I want to pray over you, each person. And that was how she decided to, to use her time. And so she, she began, I think I was the second or third person. There was only four of us in the group. But she began to pray over each of us. And she got to me and she began to pray over me. And then she began to speak in tongues over me. And I had never heard anybody speak in tongues before. I mean, I, I, I knew what it was. I read in the scriptures. I was told it wasn't around anymore. I'd never, and of course, if somebody does that, you need an interpreter, and, which is not what the scriptures say. And it was like this combination of like, get me out of here and what's happening in my body right now. Like the, the power of God was like upon me in such an in, in, intense way. So I was like, do I get up and leave? Like that was my instinct. Like get up and leave. This is something unfamiliar, unknown, but but something's going on right now that I can't put words around. And it's all connected to this woman who's laying hands on me and praying for me. And so I, I sat in it and it was, it was one of those moments that really kind of marked me in a way. But I was always intrigued. I was always open. I was always willing to receive more. Like, God, I know you're bigger than this. God, undergrad. God, I know you're bigger than this. Went to graduate school. God, I know you're bigger than this. There's more. And I was always intrigued with other... Um, going to other worship services and experiencing God in different ways. And so there's, there's always been that about me and, and the way God made me. And so I think that made it easier to enter into some of the things that God invited me to enter into. In 2004, finished seminary classes. We moved to Toledo. That was absolutely a movement of the Spirit. To, to orchestrate that, to bring us here, that was supposed to happen. Skipping forward in 2017, um, I began to hear God in an audible way. On a, on a more regular basis. Before it would happen randomly, uh, it would be internal movements, it would be um, still small voice, it would be through other people, it would be through the scriptures. But God did begin to speak to me. This is right as I, I transitioned here at Washington into the, to the role I'm in now. And God clearly said to me this, he said, you will be a part of changing the church in a greater way than Don ever did. And to understand that, actually, when I first heard that, I thought, what are you talking about? Because most of you weren't, weren't around and I wasn't around when, when my mentor came here, Pastor Don, who was a senior pastor before me. He came to a church that was faced in this direction, wore a robe, did hymns. Um, they didn't preach from the scriptures. Like that's what he walked into and he transformed Washington, you know, joined with the spirit of God into to what you see now. Um, and so to hear that from the Lord was like, what is, I don't even know how, how do you get more, transformative than going from hymns to contemporary music. I mean, that's a pretty radical transformation in itself. And, um, and that really floored me. Um, 
And I, I carried that with fear and trembling. And actually, I, I've not shared that with hardly anybody ever. Um, and in 2019, uh, God clearly spoke and said, I, I want you to, to begin a vision process at Washington Church. And at that point, I felt comfortable enough to enter into it, um, went to the elders. We started that vision process. That's, that's the reason we started it. In, tw- in January of 2020, I was invited to go to a conference at a place called Bethel. I knew almost nothing about Bethel, um, and I learned a lot more about it when I came back uh, based on different people's opinions of it, right or wrong. But uh, all I knew was my roommate from college invited me to come out. He lived in that area. He said, I'm going to this conference. I want you to come. And my schedule was crazy busy at the time, and to get like that, that much time off was, was super rare and really hard. And I was like, okay, well, when is it? And he told me the dates. And I was like, wow, I can actually go. Like, I was shocked that I could go. And so I was like, okay. And he said, he's like, I'll pay for your plane ticket. I'll pay for you to come, come out here. Whatever it costs, I want you to come. And I just wanted to hang out with him. So I was game with that. I shared with the staff. I said, I'm going to this conference at Bethel. And Bridget's like, you're going to love the music. Uh, I was like, okay, <laughs> sounds good. I'll take your word for it. Again, I didn't know. I didn't know some of the worship songs that we sang were of Bethel, and I didn't know. I just didn't know, but I, I knew I wanted to her- hang out with Eric, and so I went. And uh, that experience would be life-changing for me. Um, and there's something about when the Lord invites you into something new, oftentimes it's outside of your normal. Usually always it's outside of your normal, but like a physical change happens with us. Um, so I went and uh, flew out there, showed up, and the first night, the conference ended up being a, a conference on healing. And again, I'd never been to anything like this before. Heard about it, like saw YouTube videos about it, had huge skepticism coming into it. Um, lots of like filters up, guards up, because I'd been taught by my mentor that you don't just submit yourself to anybody. Um, you need to make sure that person has humility, make sure that person is teachable, make sure that person is, is, is grounded and rooted in the scriptures. And, and if, whether it's an author or a speaker or whatever it is, because I think we can, we can just kind of listen to just anybody these days, and I don't know if, if that's necessarily a healthy thing. So I came in with those filters, and I, I literally was thinking to myself, like, if this guy starts like screaming or yelling, like, I'm out, if he starts kind of waving his hand around and people start falling on the ground, I'm out. Like, there's certain things, like, I just, I'm not going to tolerate. And, um, and I share that with you because you might be in that place. You might be in a place right now where you're like, I'm not sure how this is going to go or what's going on or I don't know how open to the spirit I am. So that first night they taught and it was literally like somebody pulled a veil out of my face, in front of my face. And I like was seeing things in the scriptures I've never seen. I have this understanding I've never had before. And all the guy did is get up there and just talk, like with a normal voice. No, ye- no, sh- no yelling or shouting. There wasn't fancy light shows. It was just got up. And then they did something I had also never seen before. And that is that somebody with the gift of a word of knowledge got up and began to share, I think the Lord wants to heal people with this thing in their life. And so they shared those things. It was probably, they had a list of people with that gift. They, they came up, probably six or seven of them. Each one had this word from the Lord. They shared that word from the Lord. And then they invited people with that issue to stand up. And we were in a room of about a thousand people um, at a convention center. And uh, 
and people stood up and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I was like, oh, I wonder how, what's gonna happen next, you know? And, and so they, um, then they, then the guy turned and he said, well, if you're here and you have a relationship with Jesus and you have the spirit of God in you, then, then uh, you can pray for people to be healed because that's what the scriptures tell us. And so they said, if you got somebody around you, stand up, lay hands on them and pray for them to be healed. I was like, whoa. I was expecting like the team to come out, you know, from behind the stage and like go like special, super special people go and lay hands on people. And they're like, no, 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 that's not how it works. It's faith. And if you believe, God will move. Amen. And so I was like, wow, okay, let's do this. And so I was like, I'm game. Let's, let's lay hands on people. So we had to, Eric and I had to move and go find some people and we laid hands on them and prayed for them. And, and they would actually that night in that moment, they would ask people like, because a lot of those people had something that was wrong with them. And they, I mean, if somebody prayed for you and you had an elbow issue or a shoulder issue, like you'd know because the pain would go away. And they would ask the people like, is the pain changing? Is there anything different? And at one point they, they asked people like, if you've been healed in some way, even if it was partial relief of pain, would you stand up? And 173 people stood up. And I literally in that moment was like, this is, so this is in California, I was like, there's either 173 out of work actors that just came in here and they put them in the crowd and, uh, and they told them to stand up at this strategic time or God is actually healing people tonight. And it really like messed with my head because I'd not been in situations like that. I'd heard of that. Um, I'd never been a part of anything like that. And, but I saw it before my eyes. It's like God was displaying who he was. And so at the end of the night, they invited people to be prayed over. And so they brought in uh, students. So these are like 19, 20, 21 year olds. They lined the walls, because how else do you pray for a thousand people? And they just said, if you want prayer, you can get up and go for prayer. And I've shared this with you before. My buddy Eric, is, he has a motto. He says, never pass up prayer. And so right away, he, he went and got prayed for. And I just said, I was like, I'm open to prayer. Prayer is a great thing. Um, and, uh, and so, but, but I said, I was like, Lord, I'm not going to just go to anybody. I said, show me who you want to pray for me. And because I've, I've, I'd spent, I'd walk with the Lord long enough. I'd studied discernment. I know what it feels like to enter spaces and atmospheres and feel the presence of God. And I asked that the entire time I was at the conference, like, Lord, is this you? Is this you? Give me your peace if it's you, because only God can give, give peace in that way. And so I walked back and forth a couple times and sure enough, this young lady was highlighted. And so I went to her and, and she said, um, well, what would you like me to pray for? And, and just like we do on Sunday mornings with our prayer team. And, and uh, I just said, uh, I said, why don't you pray for me to be filled with the spirit of God? And, she, and, and it was almost like I said the right answer because she got super excited and her eyes lit up and she's like, okay. It's almost like, I, I know what to do. I, I've, been, I've been trained for this. And she just invited me to hold my hands out and close my eyes. And she just prayed for me. And then she said, do you see something? Do you see anything? Is the Lord showing you something? Um, and, I, and I was literally, I, I did see something. I, I saw myself holding this golden box, this like glowing thing. And it, it was totally like a scene out of the matrix. You know, in the matrix where, where they see in the matrix and like everything's green except the people are glowing. And it looked like that. So the box was glowing and then the box opened up and, and, uh, and I shared this with her. I was like, yeah, this is what I see. And then she, and then it was like quiet. And I was like, is that the right answer? Because like, <laughs> she didn't respond. And then all of a sudden she says to me, she says, 
Three days ago, I had a vision of a man holding a golden box. And now I know it's you. And I was like, what? (laughs) And then she said to me, God told me to say these three things to that person. And here they are. And then she began, she said these three, three things to me. She said, she said, ride the wave for Australia and the love changes everything. Can you say that again? <clears throat> yeah, she said, ride the wave for Australia, love changes everything. And I, and I, so I heard this and, and I was like, okay. Uh, and I, I grew up surfing. That was what I did as a kid. And we're in California and it's like, well, but. It's not like everybody surfs in California and, and Redding, where this is, is actually landlocked. It's not near the, the beach. And so, because, you know, again, it's like my mind was so critical. It's like, does she know something? What's going on here? And so I'm processing this with, and then, you know, for Australia, I was like, am I supposed to go to Australia? Like, what does this mean? Like, you just start running through all these things in your head and, th- and then love changes everything. I was just like, I was like, she could say that to anybody and it would be true. Again, I was, I was super skeptical. Um, and, uh, and on the way home, so we had about a 10-minute drive, Eric and I, and to back to his house, and I was sharing this with him. He's like, oh, you got to write this down. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I can remember all this things. He's like, no, 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 write it down. <laughs> and so I started writing down, and that, that's when I began to journal all these movements of the Spirit of God that I shared this morning and that is now up to 37 or 38 pages. So that was the first night um, I get home. And this is what, what is crazy. I'm going to bed. I'm in my own space. I'm in my room, kind of talking to the Lord about what had happened. And I have um, this dream. And in the dream, I see a vision of me preaching at Washington. And in the dream, I start speaking in tongues. And I'm trying to stop. And I'm trying to hold my mouth closed and, and hold it back. Because I, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what people are going to do if that happens. And I don't speak in tongues at, at this point in my life. That wasn't a thing. But this is what was in the dream. And then I, I just fell to my knees and I wept because I was like, Lord, I don't know what to do with this. Like, obviously, it's clear you want something to come out of me, but I don't know if, if that comes out of me, am I going to have a job anymore? You know, like this is the reality of what I'm, I'm thinking and processing. So we go back the second day and, uh, and worship began. And the first night we worshiped for an hour. I lasted three minutes and I sat down. So I was like, man, I'm tired. I'm not used to this. And I, and I actually felt like, <clears throat> like something like, man, this is pretty pathetic that I can't do this. The, the next day I go and we begin to worship and it's almost like this, something comes over me and I'm able to just worship for an hour. And in the middle of it, I have this like intense feeling and I just begin to weep and cry. And I know I've, I've come to learn like that's how the spirit comes upon me in, in the form of tears. And I just have a conversation with the Lord and I just say to the Lord, I'm doing the best I can. As a pastor, I'm doing the best I can. And God says to me, I know I'm proud of you. Um, And that was a big thing for me. Um, And it just moved me in a deep way. Later on, they had this time of what they call impartation that Paul talks about. And they go lay hands on people and pray for them to receive the spirit and gifts. Um, And so they invite people. They're like, come line up. We're going to walk. Again, how do you do this with a thousand people? They walked through the aisles, laid hands on people, prayed for people. So as soon as they invite that to happen, I look over and Eric's gone. We're like sitting in the back row. He runs straight to the front. And I was like, I'm just not so sure about this yet, you know? And so I'm standing there and um, I'm watching them go through and, and lay hands on people and, and, they go to lay hands on Eric, and Eric and I have known each other since college. We've been roommates. Like, I trust my life in Eric's hands. Um, and, uh, 
and they go around, they lay hands on him, and immediately he goes to the ground. And again, I've never been in a room where that's happened before. And it's one thing to see other people do it, but it's something else to see somebody you know personally have that experience. And all of a sudden I was like, whoa, people are getting healed here. People are going, falling on the ground here. What is going on here? And it wasn't just Eric. In that room, there probably ended up being over 200 people that were laying on the ground. Some were shaking, some were worshiping, some were just laying still. This one person, and I actually, I was like, I left my seat because I wanted to go up and, and check on Eric. I was like, I want to like, go see what's happening. And I, as I was walking up there, there's one person that was shaking so intensely. And I literally was like stopped and like timed it. I was like, I was like, literally nobody could shake like this. If you tried for this long, something's going on here. Like something's happening to this person's body that is beyond their control. So I get up to Eric and Eric's doing just fine. And, and then I, um, I stand there and just kind of, I'm like, okay, Lord, what, what's going on here? What do you, again, it's like, Jimmy, do you have new wine skins to receive the new wine? And all of a sudden I found myself standing across, probably from me to Kennedy, um, you know, four or five feet. And there's a, a woman who's standing there and she's younger and, and we lock eyes. And all of a sudden I have a similar feeling inside that I did with that guy at the stop sign. And I was like, what in the world? Like that's just, and, but it was like, I don't know what to do with it. It was confusing to me. And I would go on to, so this is, again, a room of a 1,000 people on the bottom floor, and they had a, a, an upper deck where the students were. That was another six or 700 people. So there's a lot of people in the room. I ended up coming almost face-to-face with this woman four more times in the course of, of the next day and a half. And it was like, what? And, and I just felt like something's supposed to happen. There's a connection that's supposed to be made here, but I didn't know what to do with that connection. I didn't understand it. I didn't know... And I was like, it's super confusing to me. And I just let it go because I didn't know what to do. On the final night, uh, it was the third night. It was Friday night. And they did something. Again, it was like, what else? how else can I be pushed outside my box? Well, here's another thing. Before I left, I shared with a couple pastor friends that I was going to this healing conference. And one of them said to me, if you have an opportunity, would you pray for my son, Scott? Because he's struggling with mental health. And like dropped out of school, like couldn't get out of bed, like deep anxiety, deep, he's like, I know something's not right here. Could you just pray for me? Pray for him. And so the, the last night we were there, they asked people, they, they, somebody came up, word of knowledge, uh, mental health came up and they, and they just said, they also said, if you wanna stand on behalf of somebody who's not here, feel free to stand and people will lay hands on you and pray for them in their, in their stead. And so I was like, here it is. This is exactly what my friend said. So I stood up and people, you know, I told him the name, people prayed for, for Scott. And, and then I, I, I got up my phone and I texted my friend. So it's like 11 o'clock at night here. It's eight o'clock in California. And I was like, well, he may or may not answer. And so I reached out to him and, and uh, I said, hey, can you, is there any change in your son? And he's like, well, I don't know. He's downstairs. And uh and usually it's, you know, by then he's in bed and he said oftentimes he doesn't get out of bed at all during the day. I mean, it was so, so hard and bad. And he was on medication. He was seeing counselors, doing the best he can. So my buddy goes downstairs because the kid moved, his son moved back into his house so they could, his mom and dad could watch over him. And uh, he went downstairs and his son was sitting up in that seating area downstairs. And he went to his son and he said, are you okay? And he said, so he te- texts this back to me. He says, Dad, for the first time, I can see clearly again. 
And this is within minutes of, of people laying hands on me and, and praying on, on his behalf. So all those things happen. On the Saturday, there was, they, Bethel does something called healing rooms, and Eric is a volunteer in them, and they literally have people from the community come in, and they lay hands on people and pray for healing. And so he's like, come with, come with me, come check this out. And I was like, yeah, let's, because he told me, he's like, if you're coming, you got to stay for the healing rooms. And in my mind, I was like, Wednesday to Friday, I'll try and get a flight back so I can be back on Sunday. He's like, no, forget that. You're going to stay for the healing rooms. I was like, okay. He's like, I'm paying for your ticket. You're staying, <laughs> staying on Saturday. And so I was like, all right, I'll stay on Saturday. Um, but I need to get back by Monday. He's like, that's fine. And so I go to these healing rooms. And uh, long story short, you, you come in and they do a beautiful job of like teaching you about healing and, and, and the scriptures. And then you come into kind of a waiting room where worship is going on and you can sit, you can walk, you can do arts going on, you can take communion while you wait to go in to be prayed for. And, uh, and so I'm walking around this circle and just having this intense, beautiful experience with the Lord. And then I look up and that girl is there from the other night. And I was like, what in the world? And so I'm so engaged with the Lord. And I, I just say, God, I don't want to leave this space. But if at the end of this time, she's still there, then I'll go talk to her. I don't know what, how this is going to play out. I don't know what it's going to look like. But I'm, I'm, I'm done running from this. This is a safe environment. I can go kind of talk to her. So I finished that prayer time. Look up. She's gone. She's not there. I was like, okay, good. It was my time to go into the prayer room. Uh, they had two healing rooms. I went into one and um, was prayed for. It was an amazing experience. I came out like into this hallway and I turned to the right and she's standing right there. I was like, okay, here it is. I walk up to her and I was like, I think we're supposed to meet. And you know, she was probably in her late twenties. Um, and she's like, well, okay. Uh, and, uh, and she's like, well, let's start with our names. And I was like, that's a good place to start. Let's... And so all the while I'm kind of looking for, okay, what is it, Lord? Why, what is this about? And, and she tells me something and, and, um, and she, she tells me about her experience in, in the healing room. And she says, I went in there for this reason. But what came out was that my relationship with my dad is really severed in, in, in a hard place. And... Um, and I need to work on forgiving my dad and healing my dad. And I said, what is your dad's name? And she said, my dad's name is Jimmy. And I was like, oh. I was like, hmm, maybe this is part of it. And I just said, I just felt this movement of the Spirit of God, you know, because it's like, well, when in Rome, right? Move, you know, go with, you're in a place that the Spirit's moving. Let's see what happens. And I just said, my name is Jimmy. This is before we introduced ourselves. And I said, can I, can you allow your dad to love you through me. Can I just give you a hug? And she said, yeah, that would be, that would be helpful. So I just gave her a hug. And we just parted ways. But I was like, man, it seems like there's got to be more to this story. And we left. And I just left with this, like, there's more to this. I don't know what it is. There's more to this. And I pulled out my phone. I started taking notes because Eric told me I was supposed to take notes. And I, I just, you know, it's finally some sort of closure with, with this girl. Her name was Rachel. And as I look back, I don't have that many notes at this point, but one of the notes I have was those three things that were spoken over me. And all of a sudden I realized that those are for her. And so I, I run back and I find her and I, and I say, hey, I think there's something else the Lord wants to say to you. And I say to her, I said, does this, any of this make sense? I say, ride the wave for Australia. Love changes everything. 
And she just starts bawling. And I was like, all right, now we're, we found it. Like, this is the thing. The, the, the hug with the dad thing, that's cool. But like now the spirit is moving. And she says to me, she goes, I'm from Australia. And I was contemplating doing this year-long ministry that travels around and, and does like praying for people and does like medical stuff. And I've been really wrestling back and forth. And the ministry is called Ride the Wave. And I was like, yeah. And, and she's like, I'm going to get my phone out right now and I'm going to sign up for this. So when I get back to Australia, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start. She just said, thank you so much for being willing to be faithful to the Lord in your life. And, I, and that was like the Lord taught me something, many, many things in that moment. But it was powerful. So I come back February 9th to 2020. It's the first Sunday I come back um, from the Bethel Conference. And many of you were there. Something happened at our worship service that had never happened before. It was this intense movement of God. I don't know how to put words around it. People were coming up and confessing sin. We had just started to have our elders available for prayer. And uh, we'd maybe get one, two, or three people that would come for prayer. That morning, we had 60 people get out of their seats and go get prayed for. I had a meeting with Mike Shabilsky about vision that week. We get together on Wednesday and he says to me, Jimmy, something happened in that room. You need to acknowledge it before the people. You need to say like the spirit of God came and moved amongst us. And you need to give people space to articulate their experience. And I was like, sounds good. Um, I was like, it's kind of like Sunday to be thankful, right? Uh, which we do anyway. So it's not that foreign to us. So I reached out to the elders. I said, what do you think? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. We talked to the staff. They're like, sounds good. I prepared a sermon because <clears throat> I wanted to be responsible. But I was like, I really hope I don't have to give it. And it was kind of a, we talked as a staff of like, okay, if, if sharing goes like 12 or 13 minutes, then that'll, that'll be good. We'll just end the service early and that'll be fine. So we have two people ready with mics. Again, in a space like that, you never know what's going to happen, right? Uh, the first person gets up and she begins to share. And she shared, <clears throat> you know, she starts to ramble a bit and we're like, oh, where's this going? And, uh, and then she talks about she's been sick. Um, she's had health issues. She's lost her job over it um, and, and had great issues. She, she said, I came last Sunday. It was one of the first Sundays I've been here in a long time. And she said, I came and I went for prayer. One of the elders prayed for me and now I'm healed. And I'm literally standing up like, you guys don't know this because I don't share this, but I'm standing up in front on the stage because people need something to stare at during those times. And so I, I'll be that person in the awkward times between people sharing. And I literally think to myself, what did she just say? Like, you know, because Jimmy has a whole life experience and I have feelings and thoughts too. I just don't get to share those with you all in the moment. But I'm thinking to myself, she just said she was healed. I was like, that doesn't happen here. What, what's, what's going on? And over and over again, um, I think it was like 15 people that got up and shared a testimony about like crazy outlandish things, like seeing other people's hearts, seeing visions of things, feeling connected to people um, who needed to be to pray for, for healing. And I was like, this is crazy. And as a staff, we came together and several people would come to me and be like, man, this is amazing. But we also were wise enough to know we can't manipulate this. Like this is the spirit of God showed up. It was an amazing thing. We all want it to continue, but we can't make it continue. And so what do we do? What do we do with it? And, um, and then we have a service on uh, February 26th, Ash Wednesday service. Um, and during that service, one of our elders 
came to me and she said to me that she had this vision from the Lord and God spoke to her and said, they're not ready for me to pour myself out yet. And I was like, dang it. Why not? And I was pissed, actually. I was frustrated. I was like, we just had this momentum. We just have this movement. Let's just keep this going. You know, this is just Jimmy. I was like, this is awesome. You know, I went to this conference and now it's, this is just what you do. Uh, this is great. And it was very clear, like, no, it's not ready yet. But at the same time, I knew she was right in my heart. But I was frustrated at the same time. So we moved forward. COVID shutdown, February through September. Okay, super frustrating time of life for me as a pastor to not be around people, to be frustrated. We had a lot of people that left our church during that time. That was also really hard, but it was some of the most incredible growth I've ever experienced during that time. Like literally there's elements of my job I couldn't do and then there's elements of jo- my job um, I, that got more intense. But during those, those moments, I began to read like ferociously. And I, I reached out to people, what should I read? How do I continue to learn about this movement of the spirit? And so I began to read these books and study and go deeper in the Lord and God began to show me things. On January 20th, I went to Home Depot and uh, it must be a Monday, I'm guessing. I didn't look, but I'm sure it's a Monday. The project at home, I went to Home Depot and in the back, the guy was in the electrical session, section, the guy in the back was literally leaning over, hunched over a cart and had obvious problems with his body. And very clearly, um, the Lord said to me, pray for him to be healed. And I was like, oh, it's a little awkward. What if this doesn't work? So I come up with all these excuses. And I kind of ignored I asked him, you know, what's going on? He clearly said it's about his back and he had problems. And I was like, man, yeah, that's, that's tough. I walked away. I went all the way up. So if you know Home Depot, the electrical section is here. The checkout line is here. I walk all the way up to the front, like knowing, like I'm not doing what I'm, you know, it's like back at the stop sign with the angel again. Like I'm, I'm driving through the stop sign. I get to the checkout line and very clearly God says to me, you ask for opportunities to experience my power, but then when I give them to you, you don't take advantage of them. Dang it. And literally, I didn't have to be anywhere. So I walked back to the electric session and I was like, hey, can I pray for you? And I prayed for him. I prayed for healing over his body. I laid my hands on his back. I prayed the only way I knew how to pray. And as far as I know, nothing happened. And, uh, and I still don't know um, what took place. But I, at least I left and I was like, I don't have that burden on my heart anymore. Yeah, I stepped into that. July, 20, July 17th, I went to a, a pastor friend's house that we'd been meaning to meet for, and he gave me a book I began to read. And this book was, was like something I'd never read before. And it was so enticing and so challenging and, and just was enthralled with it. September 1st, in my daily quiet time, which I, I have every day, read the scriptures, spend time in prayer, I was reading through Joshua chapter 18. Verse 3 of chapter 18 says this, How long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors has given you? Yeah. And uh, I was suddenly struck with those words that they were true for me in that moment and that God through Christ had already taken the land and made a way for me. And I was left with a sense of like, what am I waiting for? And so I ended that time, I remember the prayer, I wrote it down, it said, I said, God, I don't know how to do all these things, but will you show me? I get to the end of this book that I was given by this pastor, 
and I um, I wanted more of it, and so I I, I like tried to uh, went on YouTube and put his name in there and tried to Google this guy and maybe there's other talks or other things. And I, at the same time, I'd heard about a class that was going on downtown called the School of the Holy Spirit that somebody was teaching. And I knew like I was supposed to be there. I just knew in my heart I was supposed to go. But things came up. It was, it'd be weddings or it'd be gatherings or, or Saturday nights are like the worst night for me to do anything because I'm, I'm here most of the night. I'm a really boring date on a Saturday night. You can ask my wife. Um, other nights, that's why we go out on the nights. But I'm here praying for the message, praying for you all. And uh, so I'm trying to find a way to go to this class. I'm, I'm finishing reading this book and I'm wanting to, to learn more about the book. Not sure what to do next. And in the Google search, I, I see that the author of the book is connected with pastors in the area. I was like, well, this is pretty crazy. Um, and then I read further and it turns out that the guy teaching the class on the Holy Spirit is the guy who wrote the book that I just finished. Of the class I'm supposed to go to downtown. I was like, well, I guess I'm supposed to go. So I finally go. Um, this is in October at some point. And this uh, get there, and this guy teaches, did a great job, gets to the end, begins to pray for people and prophesy over people. And again, I'd never seen that before in that way. And it floored me. And you could just feel the movement of the Spirit in the space. I mean, it was powerful. And again, I was like, same filters that I carried before, um, same questions I was asking, Lord, are you in this? Is this you? And when, when I had the opportunity back at Bethel, people came around and they laid hands on me and I felt like the movement of God, it was, it was profound, but I, I was like, I'm not gonna go down. I'm not going down. Stand on my ground. Lord, if you take me out, you're gonna have to knock me off my feet. Again, I was stubborn. And uh, that night at this class, we're downtown and uh, this guy comes around to put hands on me and I don't even remember him touching me. And all of a sudden, I'm on, laying on the ground for 30 minutes. I could not move, laying there. It was one of those intense things I've ever experienced. And I remember right away when I had that experience, probably within the first five minutes, I, I kind of came to in a way, and I was able to like open my eyes, but I still couldn't move my body, and I was like fighting it. I was like, oh, I'm trying to get up, trying to get up. But I remember Eric saying to me when that had happened to him before, he's like, what's happening is the Lord is loving you. And then he said, can you just allow God to love you? And I was there with somebody else and I was like, this is awkward. I'm laying here. What do they think of me? What do other people think of me? I'm not a small person. I stand out. I take up a lot of floor space when I lay down on the ground. And, you know, it's not like it was over. Things were still going on. Finally, when I was able to get up off the floor, uh, I could not walk a straight line. I, I just couldn't. And my buddy, who is a pastor who helped kind of host this event, he's like, why don't you sit down? <laughs> it's probably not a good idea for you to drive home just yet. And I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let me just sit here for a while. And then when I, and, and this is like 10 o'clock at night, and I still haven't come over here to like finish working on my sermon that usually takes me three hours, four hours, whatever it takes. So I'm able to drive home. I drive home. Uh, I literally kiss my wife. She's like, where have you been? You know, this thing started at six o'clock. It's now four hours later. I get the dog. We come back over here like we always do. And I, I was like, I need to figure out a way to fast forward this process. I can't be here till one in the morning. So I go in like, as I always do, I sit down on the stage in, uh, in the sanctuary. I sit there and all of a sudden I cannot sit up straight. All of a sudden back down, I go to the ground for another 30 minutes. Yeah. Well, no, Zebby's fine. He doesn't care. He's just chilling, waiting for, waiting for uh, me to get up and, 
and um, and it was it was a it was I was like okay Lord you're not done yet with whatever you're doing in me right now and again this is all new to me I'd never had these experiences before came back in November 14th to the school of the Holy Spirit again I was prophesied over by people and I, I'm sure this has happened to me before where people spoke over me but I'd never had people like officially prophesy over me in a setting like that so they invited me to come up and they began to speak over me the first person said this they said um, that I had a heart that was gold and that gold flowed from it where it pumped to my arms and legs, but the lines to my mouth were blocked by plugs. The spirit was going to remove these plugs and things would begin to flow from my mouth that have never flowed from my mouth before and that would bless the people. Things that were not prepared ahead of time and would come without a notice. The second person prophesied over me and they said to me, I see you standing there carrying a staff like a shepherd. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I don't know this person. I've never met them before. And that's what, what he said to me. And then he said, he said that God was pleased with me and the work that I was doing and that I was called to be content with obedience when I saw no fruit. And that obedience should be enough to fill me knowing that God was pleased with me. A third person spoke over me and they said this. He said, your life is like an old Roman ship on the open sea where the wind had stopped blowing and other ships had turned back. But my ship and the crew pulled the oars out and started to row again into the unknown until the wind could begin to blow again. And finally, the last person who spoke over me said um, that I will go down paths that others will not go down. And God will take me to unknown places, off beaten paths to use me and that I need to slow down and enjoy the journey. And at the end of that night, I was sitting in prayer, just holding these words that were spoken over me. And the Lord clearly spoke to me and said this, stop asking for what you don't have. Ask for what you already have to come forward and manifest in your life. Let it out and trust it. January 2021, we get to a new year. January 23rd, go back to the school of the Holy Spirit. And this time I take people with me from Washington Church. And those people had unbelievable experiences, many of them who are in this room. And their lives were radically changed that night. I went back, prayed again, um, had this first time I had the experience of actually laying hands on people myself and praying for them to experience dreams and visions, something that I did. And I'd learned that you can impart something that you have, that that's kind of the way that it works in the mystery of the spirit. And every woman that I, I prayed over had this powerful experience of the Lord, okay? moving forward, and I knew that God wanted us to start something here at Washington Church, and that, that something needed to, to take place here, and, and that God was going to move in some way. And so we, we began to start the idea of having encounter nights, these gatherings where we'd invite people in, we'd worship, we'd have those people teach us about the Holy Spirit, um, and we'd just be open and grow. On uh, August 24th at Brian Jordan's house, we had 17 people come and it was a beautiful, intense experience. In the month of September, we'd heard about somebody in our congregation, their child had issues with their hips. And I think at the time they were three. Um, and that's you know a really scary thing. It was the, their firstborn kid. They were, the doctor was like, I'm not sure what's gonna happen. I don't know if they're gonna be able to walk normally. They're probably gonna have to be, have a brace. It's gonna constrict them. And my wife reached out to me and she's like, well, let's go pray for that person. Let's pray healing uh, for that family. And so we got together people in the neighborhood. We went over to that house and we prayed for them. And it was like this beautiful, impactful thing. 
I think it was two weeks later, she took her son to the doctor and the doctor said, your son has a perfect hip. I'm not sure what happened, but all I can tell you is before he was gonna need an, a surgery or, or a cast, now he has a perfect hip. In November, uh, here at Washington, one of the mornings, somebody who was uh, serving coffee came in and you could tell that something wasn't right, like the way she walked. It was like she was tweaked and if you've ever been kind of messed up in your shoulder area, you know like you don't walk straight and it's painful. And I just felt compelled. At this point, we had a prayer team that was vibrant and coming together early and, and just seeking the Lord. And I walked her down the hallway and I was like, can you guys lay hands on her and pray for her? And they're like, yeah, let's do this. They laid hands on her and prayed for her. The service started. All of a sudden she walked back in normally, sat down and, and she was fine. And I was like, sweet, that's pretty cool. Praise God. Um, January, I went back to Bethel again in 2022, two years later, took a group of people with me. It was a fabulous experience. Um, on February 8th, I hear from Corey that people in the youth group had been healed, that they took time to pray for, for students in the youth group that had issues with their bodies, and each person they prayed for experienced the touch of God and healing that took place. Um, March, in March, the spiritual gift classes started here at Washington. Actually, I skipped over our first encounter night. Let me share about that first, and then we'll go back. So we start in May, May 23rd. We have our first encounter night. Actually, Eric, my roommate from college, I had a vision of him teaching here at Washington. And again, I have these visions, and I'm still trying to learn to trust myself with them. And more and more, I'm learning to trust. But I reached out to him. I was like, hey, Eric, I, have this, I had this vision of you teaching at Washington. And I was kind of like, I'm not really sure what to do about it. And he's like, sweet, when should I come? And I was like, okay. Uh, how about we start this thing in, on May 23rd? And he's like, okay. I'll, and, and actually, he has a job that he works during a season, and that was actually during the season that he worked. And somehow he got those days off. And so he came. He came and he spoke, and, and Eric talked to us about the key to everything is just a hunger for God. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the movement of the Spirit. It's about wanting to have a deeper relationship with Jesus. And we, we decided we would have music uh, and worship and that Eric would speak. And I said at the end, I was like, Eric, if you have a sense of what to do next, like just run with that, like praying for people. If you get a word of knowledge, go with that. And then uh, and we get to the end and Eric's like, I don't know what to do next, Jimmy. What do you want to do? And I was like, I, I'll, let's pray for people. And so I was, and I just, we just invited anybody who wanted to come up to be prayed for. And so Eric stood in the middle, I stood off to the left, and we had a couple of the people, Lauren was over there and somebody else was there as well. And people began to come forward for prayer and we laid hands on people. And the first person I prayed for, I began to pray. And I just trusted in what God had to say to me. And all of a sudden, like I could feel like this energy flow from my hand into this person's forehead. And the next thing I know, this person goes to the ground. And I was like, oh, I guess that's happening. <laughs> Again. Never had the experience before, and I, and I was convinced. Again, I was standing right over here, and that happened. And I'm not sure if we had 40 or 50 people there that night. And I was like, well, I, that's probably the last person I'll pray for. I'm sure nobody else is going to come up and ask me to pray for them. Um, especially if you've never been in an environment where that's happened, or you don't know what to do with that. Be like, and So I just stood over next to that person, and I was like, well, we'll just hang out. I'll just hang out with you as you're on the ground experiencing the Lord. And and it was great because that person got up later and, and came to me at the end of the night. And I, and I prayed for several other people that night. It was, it was amazing. And he said, he said, you know, Pastor Jimmy, I came up for prayer. And the one thing I said is, Lord, I'm not going to go to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, I, I don't know what to tell you. But that's the Lord wanted to touch you in that way. 
So we started these, these spiritual gift classes. If you guys were a part of it, you know it was an unbelievable experience. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. At the end of it, we, we did prophecy in tongues. And the reason I did that was because we did tongues last because I, I wanted to give people an out to like run away if they wanted to run away. Because I was like, totally get it. That's a weird, bizarre thing. We taught on it. And during the entire time of, of the spiritual gift class, the mantra was, we're going to teach from the scriptures. Everything's on the table. If it's in the Bible, we're going to talk about it. If it's in the Bible, if it's in God's word, we're going to ask God to give it to us for those who are open to it. And it was an amazing time of, of prophetic words. Um, people in this room, even right now, receive some of those words. We got to the end to do tongues. And I think there were 65 people in the room that night. And I was thinking to myself, man, if five people were, would be willing to be prayed over for this, that would be awesome. And we asked people in, a, in an act of faith to like literally come forward. And when we made that invitation, 60 people walked up. And, and the person that was with me began to pray and I began to pray and people began to speak in tongues. And it was literally like I'm watching Acts 2 happen before my eyes. I mean, it was, just blew my mind. I was like, this is the church that I've been a part of for so long. I've been having these experiences. I've been longing for this moment and praying that God would move. And here it is, like literally before my eyes, these things are happening. And it was just beautiful and amazing. And it just moved in a, in a profound and powerful way. I'll skip forward. August 28th, a man named Malik walks into our doors. Um, and probably you guys know who Malik is. And he came to be prayed for for cancer because he was dying of cancer. And um, he came in and the prayer team laid hands on him. And God said to him, I'm, I'm going to heal you of your cancer. And God also spoke to him and said, I want you to go to Washington to be prayed for, for healing. And that to me was like, I was floored by that. Like the healing part is awesome and amazing, but the fact that God sees us in a place where he's willing to send people to us just blew my mind. It's like I'm pursuing these sayings and I'm open to these sayings, but you don't, sometimes you don't actually think it's going to happen. And then it happened. Um, on, on October 16th, Malik returned to get prayed for again. Uh, one of the things that we didn't share in that testimony is that as he was being prayed for, somebody um, on the prayer team was praying for him in tongues, which has become a common thing in that space. It's a beautiful thing. It's a great thing. Uh, it's a gift of God. And as that person was praying in tongues, the person who came with Malik, Shane, who speaks Arabic and, other, and, uh, and Hebrew and other languages, at the end of the prayer time, he stopped and he turned to this, to this guy and he said, do you know what you're saying? And the guy's like, no, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm praying in tongues. And, and uh, Shane turns to him and he goes, I know exactly what you're saying. I understood every word. And then he interpreted his tongue in that moment in that room. And I was like, and then I, you know, I, again, I got to hear about it. I wasn't in that room, but I was like, here it is. This is what the scriptures talk about. On November 15th, this is last week, we were invited because of what happened to Malik. We were invited to go to a man named Muhammad's house who's a Muslim. We were invited into his house to lay hands on him to pray for healing amongst his family. And we went and did it. And it was, it was an unbelievable night. Beautiful night. At the end, we asked him how he was. And, and one, one of the women that was there saw uh, like a demonic presence leave him while we were there. Um, at the end, I had these images and visions that I shared. And, and at the end, we asked, we said, Mohammed. And he was like, at one point he was crying. And uh, as, as Christina shared, who works with, with um, people from, from the Middle East, 
she just said, this is not normal to see a man, a grown, older man in the Middle East show emotion in this way. And we said, how do you feel? And again, he's, he's using Shane as a translator. And he said, it feels like a mountain has been lifted off my body. And we're like, wow, there's, there's God. This is what God does. So I want to share this with us in, in closing tonight. We have a God that loves his people dearly. But we also have a God that wants to use his people to bless his people and show his love in that way. And everything that you see in the scriptures is still present and around and available to us. And what I shared with you tonight is my story. But again, there's nothing special about me. There's just a curiosity and there's a willingness to not remain in a box, either a box that I've created or a box that my culture has created for me. I've oftentimes refused to receive that. Um, And that's great in some ways. It's not helpful in other ways. You can ask my wife about that. Um, But I I feel like I used to be somebody who read the scriptures and I marveled. And now I feel like somebody who's living the scriptures as I read them. And the thing is, we're all invited into it. We're all invited into it. But it's about recognizing the old wineskin and saying, Lord, here I am. I'm willing Give me, show me how to have new wineskins so that I can receive the wine that you have for me. And that's, that's my prayer for us as a church. Because I know not everybody's in the same place. People are all in different places, and that's great. Like, but we're all the community, and so we're all invited to, to, to join. And whether it's our vision or, or the way that God moves in ways we don't understand, or people's testimonies, or people coming in from the outside asking us for healing, like all those things are awesome and great. But at the end of the day, it's about, do you want more of Jesus? Because everything flows from that point. So just as Eric shared with, with us to begin Encounter Nights, I'll share with us tonight. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's seeking God. And it's an openness. And I know that many of you in this room could sit where I'm sitting and share about how God has moved in your life for, for hours on end. Because I've heard your stories and, and I know that there's even more. But there's a great calling that God's inviting us into. But the invitation is about, are we open to receive? Are we willing to? Because in order to receive the new wine and to receive the new wineskins, you have to be taken out of the place that you are. Because if, if, if what I said this morning, if nothing changes, nothing will change. And so change is inevitable. It literally is the only constant in this world. Um, but God is inviting us into more, into deeper places. And again, it's walking with Jesus. It's being led by the Spirit. At the end of the day, that's what, that's what it's about. So what I want to do tonight is I want to close our time together with offering prayer again, like we do every time that we gather. And if you've never been here at an encounter night, I would encourage you to take advantage of being prayed for. And we're just going to have a prayer team come up here and stand up in the front, and we're going to play music. And, and you're, if you need to leave, you're welcome to leave. If you, if you want to stay, stay. If, there's, if you're sitting there and you feel led to pray for somebody else, please feel free to do so. Um, it doesn't just have to be the prayer team. But if you've got something going on in your life, whether it's healing that you need or whether it's a physical thing or in your heart or, or whatever it may be, like that's the time to do that. We have a God that is active and moving and it wants to continue to bless his people and to touch his people. And he wants to, again, use his people to do that. And so that's what we're going to do. So I'm, I'm going to just pray and then we're going to just have an open space of, of being prayed over and, and of ministry. 
Um, and again, if you need to go, that's perfectly fine. If you want to stay, you're welcome to stay. But we want to pray for whoever wants prayer or needs prayer. We're going to hang out until, um, until nobody's left uh, to be prayed for. So would you join me? I want to invite you actually just to sit where you are in your seats and just hold your hands open with your palms up in kind of this receptive posture. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you love us so much. We thank you that you have walked with us since the beginning of our lives, since the moment we were born, and even before we were born, you knew us. And whether we were aware of you or not, you were aware of us. And you love us deeply. And you were calling us as a community to be used by you, to be hands and the feet of Jesus in this world. And Father, I pray for new wine to be poured out in this room, even tonight. But I also ask even more for new wineskins to hold that new wine. New eyes to see, new ears to hear, Hearts that are softened to the movement of God. So I'd invite you just even right now, between you and the Lord, if it is the prayer of your heart to ask the Holy Spirit to give you new wineskins and to pour out upon you new wine that you can receive something new. You need to be afraid of letting go of the old. And it's not about letting go of the old completely in order to receive the new. The old that God has taught you in the past has great wisdom and a role to play, but has brought you to this point. And can you trust what is next? Can you step out in faith and ask for more? Because there's always more of God. So I want to just give you a moment right now between you and the Lord to talk to the Holy Spirit and to ask that. Holy Spirit, would you teach me how to create or to have a new wineskin? And Holy Spirit, would you pour out new wine into my life? Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at office at washingtonchurch.org or go to our website, washingtonchurch.org.